You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey everybody, Trevor Noah here with another episode of the Daily Social Distancing Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is now week three of being stuck in the house, as you can tell. And uh, I hope you're having a good weekend. I hope you had a good weekend. Although let's be honest, these days, weekends, weekdays, is pretty much the same thing. Like if you're stuck in the house every single day, like I don't even know what the difference is. I guess during the week, you sit in one part of the chair and then on the weekend, you just move to a different spot. Get this work done. Oh, finally, the week is over. It's the weekend, baby! Anyway, tonight, we're gonna catch up on all the latest coronavirus news. Boris Johnson tests positive. Jabuki Young White searches for a vaccine and a new career plan for the Tiger King. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Let's do this. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. All right, let's kick things off with the latest global updates. There are now over 700,000 confirmed coronavirus infections around the world, with the United States now reporting the highest number of cases, while Italy and Spain are reporting the highest fatalities per day. And as the threat has grown, more and more countries are starting to take this thing more seriously. For instance, the largest city in Africa, Lagos, in Nigeria, is now in lockdown. And in Russia, they've put Moscow in lockdown as well. And let me tell you something, my friends. When Russians are scared of something, then you know it's serious. Russian people's daily lives look like an episode of Fear Factor. What will I do today? Drink fermented bread juice or wrestle bear? Either way, it's going to be a good Saturday. So this is a very scary time to be in Russia. I mean, second only to all the other times to be in Russia. Meanwhile, over in Great Britain, prime minister and ghost who has just seen a ghost Boris Johnson has announced that he has tested positive for COVID-19, which is ironic. You know why? Because earlier this month, Boris Johnson suggested that Britain should just let the virus run its course throughout the country. And then on top of that, he also joked about he had been shaking hands all willy-nilly. Yeah. So I guess now shit got real and he better pray that he can get Corona to Brexit out of his body. Also, it's interesting to learn that coronavirus doesn't just infect humans, it can also infect Shreks. But enough about bars, enough about bars. Let's move to the big story. The only story that everybody's talking about right now. Tiger King. It's the new Netflix series that is somehow even more viral than COVID-19. And if you haven't watched this show, I'm telling you now, you are wasting your life. Seriously, as soon as you're done with this, as soon as you're done watching The Daily Show, go and watch Tiger King. You will thank me tomorrow. It's the most fascinating show you've ever seen. It exposes the horrible world of exotic animal breeding in America, specifically like tigers and lions. And also, it answers the question, what would happen if meth smoked itself? And let me tell you something, after binging all seven episodes this weekend, I've realized a couple of things. One, this is what happens when white people have no black friends. And two, Joe Exotic is not only one of the weirdest people you will ever meet in your life, he could also be president of the United States. I, I know, I know, I know, 
I know, I know, I can hear you. Ah, how can you say that, President? Ah, 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 ah. But hear me out, hear me out. This man has all of the character traits of a commander-in-chief. Everything. Like, for instance, one thing you notice about Joe Exotic is that he makes everything about him. It's all about me! Which apparently is very presidential. In his news conference yesterday, the president discussed a story in the New York Times that says his coronavirus task force briefings get high TV ratings. Even they said that the ratings are like Monday night football ratings and that these are like bachelor finale. Now that the relief package has passed, the Wall Street Journal is reporting this, quote, Mr. Trump has told people he wants his signature to appear on the direct payment checks that will go out to many Americans in the coming weeks. President Trump is firing back at governors who have been critical of his administration's response to the pandemic, even telling the vice president that if they aren't appreciative, don't even bother reaching out. I want them to be appreciative. And I say, Mike, don't call the governor of Washington. You're wasting your time with him. Don't call the woman in Michigan. Well, it doesn't make any difference what happens. If they don't treat you right, I don't call. Wow, okay. Uh, Firstly, the ratings aren't high because of Trump. People are watching TV because of the virus. That's why they're watching the briefings. This would be like the, the guy on Friends who owns the coffee shop taking credit for the success of the show. Yeah, it was all because of my lattes, you know? That's why people watched. No, you just happened to be there, dude. Secondly, Trump wasn't even involved in the negotiations for the relief package, and now he wants the credit. This is the classic deadbeat dad technique, yeah? Just trying to put his name on a gift at the last minute. And lastly, I can't believe that Trump is threatening, actually threatening, not to help governors of certain states because he feels that they're not being nice to him. Let me tell you something. A crisis is not a time for manners, right? People need to get life-saving equipment. Can you imagine a doctor in an emergency room being like, I'm sorry, ma'am, your husband didn't make it. I mean, I could have saved him, but he uh, just didn't say the magic word. He was in a coma. Yeah, manners are manners, ma'am. So, being obsessed with yourself, very presidential. But also, if you watched Tiger King, you would know that Joe Exotic is the most disorganized person you will ever meet. And when it comes to coronavirus, Trump is exactly the same. On Sunday, President Trump again resisted invoking the Defense Production Act, wartime authority to mobilize industries. Call a person over in Venezuela, ask him how did nationalization of their businesses work out? Not too well. After days of uncertainty, the president has now actually invoked what's called the Defense Production Act. President Trump says that he is now considering federally enforced quarantines for hotspots like New York and other states. President Trump tweeting overnight that a federally enforced quarantine of the region will not be necessary. President Trump wants to reopen the country by Easter Sunday. President Trump now calling for more social distancing than ever, firmly backing away from his earlier suggestion that parts of the country could reopen by Easter. God damn, man. Trump is flip-flopping so much, if the Olympics weren't canceled, he'd be competing against Simone Biles. Because what was that? Huh? And you know who this really sucks for? Is Donald Trump's supporters. I feel so sad for them. Imagine how hard it is for them to keep up. Trump is changing his mind all the time. They have to support him no matter what he says. Huh? They're just out there like, if you force companies to make things, you're turning America into Venezuela. What? Trump did it? It's a good thing to become Venezuela because they've got great weather. 
I, I think, here's another reason. I think Joe Exotic has what it takes to be the president of the United States. He sees conspiracies everywhere. With medical equipment becoming scarce at many hospitals, President Trump is now accusing hospitals of hoarding ventilators. I don't believe you need 40,000 or 30,000 ventilators. You know, you go into major hospitals sometimes, they'll have two ventilators. And now all of a sudden they're saying, can we order 30,000 ventilators? Yeah. Trump has a good point. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, hospitals need way more ventilators than usual. What's that about, huh? It's the same way I've noticed that sometimes people on the streets have a lot of umbrellas and then sometimes nobody has an umbrella. Something isn't adding up here. Anyway, Joe Exotic. Why is he the man for the job? He's self-absorbed, he's disorganized, he's obsessed with conspiracies. But maybe the most presidential thing about Joe Exotic is that he loves portraying himself as an expert in his field. When the truth is, he has no idea what he's talking about. He's just winging it. Which, uh, again, should feel very familiar. The young people are really, this is an incredible phenomenon, but they are attacked, successfully attacked, to a much lesser extent by this pandemic, by this uh, disease, um, this uh, whatever they want to call it. You can call it a germ, you can call it a flu, you can call it a virus, you, know, you can call it many different names. I'm not sure anybody even knows what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? what? What the hell was that? You can call it a germ, you can call... It, it sounded like Trump was introducing somebody who won a Lifetime Achievement Award. Some call him a germ. Some call him a virus. I just call him my good friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Corona. Come on up, Corona. What a great guy. Look, there are a lot of questions about coronavirus, right? How to stop it, how it spreads, etc. But one thing that's not up for debate is what it is. It's a virus, okay? I don't know why Trump is creating a mystery where there is none. Like, he might be a bad president, but it turns out he'd be an even worse detective they just be like, damn it, you caught me red-handed. I've killed this man. So the question now is, who killed this man? Well, it, it was me. I, I confessed. I killed him. I guess this mystery will never be solved. So look, I know Joe Exotic is in prison right now, but if he somehow manages to get out, I'm hoping that he becomes the president of the United States. Because yes, yes, he might be just as crazy as Trump, but at least if he's in the White House, we're gonna see tigers. Right now, around the world, the race is on to find a cure for the coronavirus. And our very own Jabuki Young White is on the case. Times right now are terrifying. That's why I spoke to my cousin, who spoke to his mom, who spoke to her sister, who's actually my mom, about a doctor who is an expert in corona and has a vaccine. But more importantly, he looks the part. Bow tie, glasses, he owns books. If this were science Tinder, I'd be swiping right. Okay, Pete the duck. So how about you, uh, Peter or Dr. Hotels? Okay, so Dr. Bowtie, how long have you been working on the vaccine for the coronavirus? Actually, for the last decade, we've had a coronavirus vaccine program, and up until... Uh, okay, hold on, wait. We've known about this shit for 10 years? Oh my God, I almost fainted. Oh my God, Dr. Pete. Well, actually much longer than that. The first 
terrible pandemic, uh, our massive epidemic of our coronavirus started in 2003. You knew about this shit when I was nine? Yeah. And up until a few months ago, nobody cared about our coronavirus vaccine program. And now we're working furiously to get this vaccine and hope we can make a difference in this epidemic. Turns out they were close to a cure in 2018, but then were denied funding. The bottom line is, had we had those investments early on uh, to carry this all the way through clinical trials years ago, we could have had a vaccine ready to go. But right now, I'm more concerned about the health of my new best friend and mankind's last hope. Okay, so Dr. Hotez, you know, since you are old, what are you doing to protect yourself from the virus since that, as an older person, you're way more affected than a young person like me? There's a kind of a false narrative about this virus that it was mostly a, a disease and virus of older people. Right. But the new numbers coming out of the Centers for Disease Control show that a quarter of those hospitalized are people between the ages of around 20 and 40. Uh, hello? Are you still there? You look, fro- you look a bit frozen. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It's just you said over 20? You said people over 20. Well, I said people between the ages of 20 and 40, 20 and 44. Okay. So the bottom line is, you know, this, this business that you only social distance to protect your grandparents, it doesn't fly. You're social distancing to protect yourself and your friends. Oh, you guys, this was my weekend. Oh my God, Dr. Potes, please. You know, I went to the Apple store last week and I touched every single iPad that they had on display. Oh my God, are you? I went to these Brooklyn cough parties. Have you ever heard of this? It doesn't sound good. You go and then you cough into each other's mouths and it's like a sort of spiritual sort of tantric sort of thing. And sometimes it's just marijuana, but sometimes it's not. Don't do that again. Oh my God. I'm supposed to be indestructible. So where's this vaccine? Well, right now, uh, the vaccine is in our lab, and we're trying to work with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and see if we can start some clinical trials. Woo! <laughs> we got it, baby! <laughs> so what's this? This is going to drop, like, Friday, what, like, Sunday? What, what are we doing? Come on, we got the care. <laughs> well, here's some, here's some bad news. This is, It's going to take time to test because you have to go through a long period of testing to make sure that not only does it work, but that it's also safe. Okay, so so how long will that take? Well, the the models say we really need to have something by 18 months. 18 months? We have the vaccine manufactured, we have to vial it, we have to now start the long process of clinical trials. Okay, we 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 don't we don't have time for these trials, Dr. Peter. They have postponed the second season of Euphoria. And I only have five rolls of toilet paper left. No, I'm not going to waste my youth waiting. There has got to be a DIY vaccine that could be created using everyday household items. I also have these crystals. Oh, the crystals, those those definitely work. So <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was joking about the crystals. They don't work either. So can you tell me literally one good piece of news? I, I'm happy to. And the... And the and the answer is, this will pass. The key right now is you can go outside, you can go for a run, even see friends, but keep, keep that distance a bit, and it'll be okay. Um, hey, uh, I heard there's a doc who has a vaccine. 
What? How did you? I need to get my hands on that vaccine. How did you guys get in here? Doctor, shouldn't Costa get first dibs? I need huh? vaccination. Whoa, if anyone deserves a vaccine, everyone, get off. This is my interview. Go. Leave. Whatever. Where do I get this vaccine? I give you a lifetime supply of Okay, guys. It's to run. You got a vaccine, cough it up. And by the way, Thank you so much, Jabuki. When we come back, we're gonna be talking to the governor of California about what he's doing to help fight coronavirus. Gavin Newsom is on The Daily Social Distancing Show right after this. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Few states have been hit harder by the coronavirus pandemic than California. So earlier, I had a chat with California governor Gavin Newsom about what he's doing to try and stop the spread of the coronavirus and what it's like dealing with President Trump. Take a look. Governor Newsom, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. California has quickly become one of the biggest stories in and around the coronavirus outbreak, specifically because of how the numbers have grown, but also because of what the state has been doing to combat coronavirus. Talk us through the initiative that just kicked off today. What is happening with regards to expanding healthcare and beds for people who need it? So we have to increase our healthcare capacity within our hospital system by two thirds. And in order to do that, you need three things. You need the physical spaces, you need all the protective gear, the N95 masks, the ventilators, but you need people at the end of the day. And the most precious resource are people. And as a consequence, there's no way we can meet the moment unless people that are recently retired or people that are in the middle of credentialing and licensing start to enter into the workforce. So we just did a big push today uh, to create a health core uh, and create incentives uh, and create the kind of flexibility so we can get thousands and thousands of phlebotomists and pharmacists and paramedics and EMTs, nurses and doctors into the workforce over the next few weeks. So that's what you're doing with regards to fighting coronavirus on the ground. But as you said, you need the equipment that the people are going to use. One of the most confusing conversations happening right now in America is the battle between governors slash states and the president slash the federal government. In your opinion, where is the federal government falling short? And where do you think states need to step up and do more to fight this pandemic? We have not received any ventilators in a state of 40 million. Uh, to meet our needs. Uh, There were 170 ventilators that went directly to LA County. Uh, Just a couple days ago, they opened the boxes and found out that none of them worked. Uh, So rather than complaining about it, uh, we decided to ship them from LA. I brought them into Silicon Valley and literally within 72 hours, all of them were fixed and they've already been sent back down to Los Angeles. It's a way of making this point and answering your question. We're not waiting around for the federal government. We need more support, uh, but at the end of the day, we have to be resourceful in our mindset and our approach and use all the tools in our toolkit. All of that being said, I wanna thank the president in this respect. We got that USNS Mercy, that large hospital ship, thousand bed capacity mm-hmm. into LA a couple of days ago. Uh, and that's the kind of thing we do count on the federal government for. Beyond that, we're gonna be as resourceful as we can be. One of, one of the things you were given credit for um, is being one of the governors who acted uh, earliest with regards to the coronavirus. You know, you told uh, people over 65 to stay at home. You then implemented a, a lockdown before many other states did. You've still come out and said, 
you are worried that up to 25 million Californians slash Americans could get the coronavirus. How do you think you are looking right now? Do those numbers still look as dire or do you think that you've done enough to stave off uh, the pandemic from growing? Well, good enough never is. You don't run the 90-yard dash on this. And I think the biggest mistake we can make is having done all of this good work, the stay-at-home orders, uh, having people practice safe physical distancing. I I prefer physical distancing to social distancing because a lot of young folks are confused by social distancing when they're all socially connected, but we need them physically apart. Uh, The Mm -hmm. fact that we're practicing that at scale, uh, we think has bought us time but we're not out of this by any stretch of the imagination. Let me be specific. In just the last four days, we have tripled the number of people in our ICUs. We've doubled in the last four days the number of people in our hospital system. But we do believe that early call on stay at home and physical distancing bought us a few days, maybe a week or two, that allowed us to start getting our resources in place to meet the moment. Okay, and then finally, I know you have to get back to work. One of the biggest issues we're seeing around the country and the world is the issue of people who are in prison and how uh, states and countries deal with that because of the spread of coronavirus right now, being in a closed space is one of the worst things that you can do. Prison is exactly that. Are you looking at releasing numbers of prisoners and how do you balance that? Because obviously some people in the populace would say, well, do prisoners get to come out because of coronavirus? And how do we balance safety versus the risk and the safety of human beings who are locked up? This is a moment where we need to be sensitive uh, to those that are locked up, particularly in a system like California that went on this incarceration binge in the 1990s with three strikes and mandatory minimums. And we grew our prison population as we were cutting our support for our higher education system. So we've been trying to uh, do more and more to move in a different direction. But now we have uh, 18 staff, as I talk to you, we have 18 staff now have been tested uh, positive for uh, COVID-19. We have a number of prisoners, four, as I speak to you, uh, that have been tested positive. So we're practicing social distancing, physical distancing uh, in the prisons uh, by uh, reducing visitation, eliminating it, uh, by getting people to eat their meals in their cells, uh, by doing more to isolate our prisoners. But in addition, and this goes to your question, uh, we are looking at people that are coming up close to their parole date, that have parole plans, and make sure we match them with probation and then get them paroled earlier. And we're doing it in a very thoughtful and judicious way based upon public safety, not being flippant about this, not just saying, hey, you people randomly, we're gonna send you home, but people that were already in the queue and just fast tracking that to decompress the system by thousands and thousands of others. And finally, we're reducing the intake into the system for people that were coming into the prisons We are now stopping and capping that, which then puts similar protocols at the county level for jails to then start moving out their lowest offender uh, population. People are nonviolent, non-serious, non-sex offenders. So we're doing it as thoughtfully as we can, but it's a very serious thing for the rest of the country to protect the folks, staff and inmates within the system. Before we go, is there anything you would like the public to do? Is there anything people can help officials with? Because we always ask from the top down, but what can we be doing to help in this situation? There's nothing more potent and powerful 
than the tool at hand for every single person watching, and that's practicing physical distancing. You know, not going to the beach or uh, playgrounds or parks when tons of other people are out there, uh, not going on a jog uh, when those jogging paths are full. If we do that, there's nothing more significant to bend the curve, and that's heroic. Everybody has the capacity. It's decisions decisions, not conditions, that can determine the fate of this virus. And so when you're reading all of these uh, programs and are watching programs that say, here's what's going to happen, that's nonsense. Nothing is predetermined. We have the capacity to bend the curve by making better decisions. And so please practice physical distancing and don't buy for a second that we can cut the parachute before we've landed. Governor Newsom, thank you so much for your time. Good luck out there. Great to be with you. Thank you so much, Governor Newsom. Well, that's our show for today. But before we go, as everyone except the president knows by now, doctors, nurses, and first responders around the country are struggling to get the masks, gloves, and gowns that they so desperately need to protect themselves. These are people on the front line. They're fighting in this war and they're going to battle for us unprotected, all right? So we're asking you on The Daily Show to please Go to Thrive Global's First Responders First and donate whatever you can to help get PPE to the people who are saving lives. And if you want to help in New York City specifically, then you can go to New York Mayor's Fund COVID-19 response and help them out. Stay safe out there, wash your hands, don't take candy from strangers or family, and I'll see you again tomorrow. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.